your source for Michigan sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the palatial Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is currently Wednesday, November 23rd. Um, we are about to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, I have not decided at what point you will actually hear this podcast. It may be Thanksgiving, and if so, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Um, and it may be the day after, at which point uh, I hope you did not overeat. Uh, we're going to talk UVA basketball. Cavaliers off to a 4-0 start after absolutely mollywhopping poor Grambling State the other night um, in a game that was not as close as the score even indicated. We'll talk about the Cavaliers as they get ready for the Emerald Coast Classic down in uh, Florida. We'll also obviously talk about the end of Virginia's football season. Cavaliers are out in Blacksburg this weekend to finish things up against the uh, arch-rival Hokies. We'll talk about that game do the Cavaliers have a chance to, to end the streak this year? And if they do, possibly keeping Virginia Tech out of the uh, ACC championship game. We'll get into that as well. Uh, let's go around and introduce everybody. Uh, tonight, everybody is Justin Ferber, staff writer of CavsCorner.com. Welcome back, sir. What's up? How's it going? At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. What's up? How's it going? Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Uh, Dave is not with us today. He's out in the boondocks um, with family. Um, so uh, he didn't. Did he text in his pick for the for the tech game? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna hope maybe. Yeah, he did. He did. Okay, I'll have to search it while while you're talking at some point. Um, okay, so let's start talking about uh, hoops. Um, I don't. I don't know how much we can glean from the first four games that we've seen of this team, other than you kind of get a feel maybe for what Tony Bennett is trying to find out about his team. Do you feel like that's safe to say? I mean, do you feel like you know anything about this squad going into the Iowa game on Friday night? Like, do you feel, do you, what do you feel like you know about this team right now? Um, I think that the, the, the thing that we know um, from what we've seen is there's a few people, you know, a few positions that are basically locked up, you know, like London Perantis is a starter. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think Darius Thompson's a starter. Um, and, and then there's a few other guys coming off the bench that can play, um, just as much as the starters and, you know, have a big impact on the game, um, as any of the other starters can. Um, I think this team can go, you know, nine, 10 deep in ACC play and, um, we'll see how you know Tony adjusts the minutes, especially in the post, because I think there's some definitely intriguing stuff going on there. But um, I, th- I think that you know, based on what we've seen, I think that there's some promise on the team. But it's hard to take too much from it, considering the level of competition so far. I mean, even for non-conference starts to the season, this is like a really poor slate of teams that they've played, except for you. Yeah, I mean that's a that that's kind of where I am. I, look, I I think there's some people who, especially on the message board, folks who are a little bit worried about the post. And with Austin Nichols now having having uh, been kicked out of the program, um, I, I think that's a that's a fair concern. I don't know if I go quite as far as to the place where I say, okay, um, it's it's a it's a glaring hole. Virginia's not going to be nearly as good. I still I, I think that. It's fair. I think it's fair to say that this this was a team that that you thought might have Final Four aspirations, right? If certain things fell into place, one was uh, that the the returning guys had stepped up and improved. Uh, I think through the first few games, we can kind of see just from some mechanical stuff and kind of the way things are kind of lining up in terms of the rotation that there are some players. I mean, I think Darius Thompson, Mario Shayak certainly look better. 
Uh, I think Jack Salt looks a, like a much more serviceable big man than, than, than you may have expected in the past. But you also had to assume that not only would Nichols play, but that he would play to, up to his potential. And I think that's the thing that, that's been uh, tripping me up a little bit, is that people seem to, people seem to be assuming, in, in, in lamenting Virginia's lack of an Austin Nichols, assuming that he was going to be full tilt, fully bought in, completely reaching his potential Austin Nichols, not just a dude who was having some trouble getting into the rotation even before he got himself in the doghouse. Does that make sense? Like, do you see what I mean? Like, it, it, like people are assuming, like, okay, Virginia with Austin Nichols was Virginia with Austin Nichols, like, fully a developed and dominant. And I don't know how long that would have taken him, um, you know, how long that would have taken him to get to. Um, when I see Virginia right now, I, I see a team that has a lot of pieces, and the one negative about the early season schedule is that they haven't really been tested. They're going to be tested over the week, next week to 10 days. Um, so they have plenty of time to prepare. But I do think they, they're they starting to kind of form their identity, and I think their identity is going to be on the wing. It's going to be on the perimeter. Um, and in some nights it's going to be getting enough out of the post um, offensively. But to me, they're still going to play very good post defense, and I think that's going to be just as important. I think losing Nichols, you lose that scoring punch, but I feel like in terms of the defense, I feel like they're going to be fine. The unknown right now to me in answering this question is Mamadi Diakite. Because, look, let me tell you what. When I talk to people about Mamadi, it was always like crazy athletic, still coming along, going to need to bring him along slowly. The, the dude I'm, I'm watching in these first few games, just on potential – you, you can see it, and I don't think it's going to be that long until he kind of starts to scratch that, that surface a little bit. What have you thought about his game so far, and, and what do you feel? how do you feel like Virginia should use him um, over the next, let's say, week to ten days? Do you feel like he should continue to get more minutes, or do you think that bringing him along a little slower now they're going to pay some real competition is the better idea? Uh, I mean, I think, he should, I think he should probably see more minutes. He's shown a lot of explosive plays, individual plays. Um, again, against overmatched teams, sometimes even physically, because they're playing teams with the smaller lineups. But his instincts are incredible around the rim. Um, especially, I was really taken aback that Yale game was the first time I've gotten to see the team in person this season, and I thought his instincts around the rim and you know just his feel for for the defensive side of the ball and this defense is pretty incredible, um, considering how raw he still kind of is as a basketball player. Um, I would still try to work him in and see what happens and. I mean, you might find out down the road that he's not quite as developed as he's appeared in spots because, you know, it's just a small sample size and maybe they have to back off a little bit in ACC play, but I think they're going to need him. Um, Jack Salt's biggest weakness is foul trouble, so I think that they're still going to need some depth in the post. Um, and I think Reuter and Diakite De- can definitely um, step up and fill that void if needed. And obviously his potential is through the roof, so we'll just have to see, you know, if he's able to do that against better teams over the next few days and um, you know, whether or not he's going to see a significant increase in his playing time, you know, going forward into the, the later half of the season. Yeah. Cause I kind of thought like there were a couple times against Grambling state where Virginia gave up easy baskets because a guy slipped a screen and Diakite didn't rotate back. You know what I'm saying? Like he, that, but those are things you can teach that one last night he blocked like behind him. I'm still not entirely sure how that happened. Yeah, that was just a great. Inst- that's what I mean. His instincts are just fantastic. I uh, I just I think that's going to be now. I will say this though. He's you, you mentioned his instincts. Like he's got great instincts, but there were a couple times last night where he went up to block a shot and then was out of position 
for the rebound. And so he's got to get he's got to you know got to continue to sharpen and get more used to. And I think that's where Tony talks about you know him having to not play a lot of basketball. He's got to get used to the idea of like sometimes you can go block a shot. Sometimes you have to worry about more uh, altering the shot and making sure that you can get back up for the board. But I mean his his quick twitch his bounce is is absurd. And I think it's interesting, given that you had Jay Huff on the on the bench, you could look to and say, you know what, he even if he's going to give up some points, he's going to score you some points. And the pack line, you know, will 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 cover, you know, will cover that up a little bit to some extent. Um, if you can move, right? If you're a big man who can move, you're going to be okay, even if you're not necessarily as strong. But the fact that they didn't panic and go to Huff, or maybe not panic's not the right word, because I don't know if even if they had done it, I don't know if I just said they were panicking. But the fact that they didn't go to Huff says, I think, a lot about what they think they can get out of Mamadi this season. Um, if the post is straight, if the post is 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 pure, they're going to be very very good. And even if it's subpar, they're still going to be very very good. I still expect this as a team that will be in the fight in the ACC. Maybe it's not a team that I think people are going to like expect to get a one seed. Um, maybe as it was if Nichols is at his full potential. Um, but I still think it's a very talented team. I'm really curious to see what it's like when they don't have a 30-point lead. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and teams aren't, you know, they're not, they're not going on 25 to two runs and teams are, ha- are, are playing them a little tighter. What's that rotation look like? Because right now, basically, you're seeing everybody playing. I mean, according to Ken Palm last night, Justice Bartley and, and Trevon uh, Gross were like go-to guys because of how much they were pulling. Um, when, that, when, the, when the minutes aren't there to distribute the, because you're in a tighter spot, how much does Tony go to, to – to, 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 does he stick with that five? Do, you know, does he, how long until he goes to Mariel and Kyle Gow on the floor together? Um, who, to me, that's the bigger surprise. Uh, has been that the second unit has been as good this year so far as 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 it has been. Um, I just did not expect Kyle Guy to to be so comfortable um, in this offense, and certainly not to be just letting it all kind of come to him and, and responding the way he has. What have you thought about about his play so far? Oh yeah, he's been <laughs> everything we thought he would be. Um, my biggest you know impression has been how he's not forcing things. Um, he's kind of picking the right spots. He's taking open jumpers, but he's still playing you know not you know unselfish basketball, getting the ball to the right guys in the right times. And he just seems like a part of the team. You know, like he's not trying to um, you know go out and and be the guy that's going to be the team's primary scorer or anything like that. Obviously, he's coming off the bench, but. Um, I think he could develop into somebody that's a, a very dependable part of this team and somebody who ends up playing a lot of minutes at the two, for sure. The thing about it, too, is I, I, I think we all expected his offense to be good. I think what we didn't expect was for him to be able to create as well. Um, I mean, look, what he did against Gramley State is, is what I expected, right? Spot up shooter, going to be able to, to rip you up a little bit. But, I mean, even in the opener, I mean, the, the his defensive comfort level was, was pretty pretty significant. Um, I think a lot of us, maybe myself included, sold him a little short when it, when it came to defense. And, you know, if, if, if he's continuing to play and develop at the level he's, he's continuing to develop, I, I mean, I understand folks are, are nervous because Nichols is no longer on the roster. But, man, there aren't a lot of teams that are going to be able to – to play defense the way Virginia can play defense and also score or sh- shoot the ball as well as some of these kids can when they're at their full potential. And I understand several of the guys have struggled. London has struggled. Devin struggled. Um, both Mariel and Darius seem to have, have, have kind of hit the ground running. Kyle clearly hit the ground running. Um, 
this team can can actually score a lot of points when it wants to. Uh, the question is whether you're going to be able to score against them. Now, having said that, how good do we think the defense really is? How much of the the gaudy stats are just a complete lack of uh, of competition? I mean, it's hard to say that, right? Because I mean, Washington's got five star kids, and and Yale goes out and beats them, right? Um, then then you see what uh, what. Grambling State did uh, – didn't – who did they play? The other, they played somebody – was it Providence they played already? And, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I, I want to get a gauge on just how crappy the, the competition has been before I say, well, the defensive juggernaut is because they're playing crappy teams. Um, what, what's your feel on that? Do you feel like – do you feel like Virginia's been playing just really crappy teams or do you feel like the defense is actually possibly really this good? I think it's a mixture of both. Um Obviously, I think Grambling State's kind of an outlier just because when I looked at their numbers, I even said in the preview that they were going to get killed. Um, that team was one of the worst teams offensively in the country, so you can't take really much from that game at all. Uh, what they did against Yale, I mean, Yale's a good offensive team, and they, I mean, in the first half, I, I think I even texted you and said, this team is good. I mean, like, I was really impressed with their sets, how they moved the ball. They have some talented kids, even though they're missing one of their best players, Um and I think that UVA just completely put them in a chokehold um, and looked like the UVA that we've seen in years past on the defensive end. So um, I expect them to, you know, to continue to to play at this level. I mean, obviously against better teams, you're going to give up more points. But um, I've I've been really impressed with with how they've done uh, overall on defense. And also another thing is like, you know, I said that the teams that they've played haven't really presented size matchup issues, but Yale had some big guys. I mean, they might right. not have been the most skilled guys you're going to play all year, but they had six, nine, six, eight big guys. So um, I think overall the defense was, was really good in that game. And that's the only game that I'm really focused on as far as like taking, you know, a big impression. Away. Right, right, right. That makes sense. I mean, and honestly too, like when I feel like, I wonder if as the season continues on that Yale win, considering the number and considering um, just how, you know, how, thorough it was if that will end up being a, a, a kind of a, a feather in Virginia's cap I mean listen they're gonna yeah, play some I mean, really good team soon but you know yeah I think they're a tournament team yeah I mean I would just, I, I but I, I that's the thing too this time of year it's so tough because like you see Indiana one night beat Kansas and then go out and lose to Fort Wayne I mean right. granted I don't ever buy anything Indiana because who knows but I'm just saying like that's the kind of topsy-turvy nature of the early part of the season um I also think too like we have not seen – this is going to sound really ridiculous from a team that just won by, like, 56 or whatever. But we haven't seen Virginia's best yet. Like, I mean, Don't you think? I mean, like, I just don't know. Because, I mean, like, even the Yale game, right, where they – like you said, they put them in a chokehold, but they still weren't they, – they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. From, nah, yeah. You know what I mean? That game, like, on defense, they played really well. But after the game, um, I told another writer when we were heading down to the locker room or – for the post game stuff, anyway, um, I was like, they didn't play that well, and they still killed them. Yeah, that's that exactly like, that's my point. Like, this is this is a team that has played very well defensively, been you know had some good runs offensively, but they haven't put together anything close to a full game. Um, I'm also curious as to the workload, what that's going to mean, because I mean, part of it is y- you understand that older guys like like Perantes, he doesn't need reps, you know, he he doesn't need to play. Right, but what he could use is some rest at times, right? So that his that his mileage is not. I mean, the kid has played a long, played a lot of games, right, over his career. Um, taking some mileage off of his off of his tires isn't a bad thing. 
But I, I do wonder if there's a when the when a game gets tight, like a Friday night, it's a you know four or five point game, and these guys and these kids have to play consistently. Um, I think we'll learn a lot about about the Cavaliers. And honestly, as as nice as it is to write a gamer that's basically all done by the time the sound, the horn sounds, you're basically just gonna find some spaces to put in some stats, right? Uh, they could really use a tight game or two, um, because realistically, they're not. You know, like the like the Gramlin coach said last night. You know, his kids probably got more out of that game than Virginia did. Um, and and the thing that he talked about, which I thought was really which was really interesting, he said, you know, you're just never going to see a team pass as well as Virginia passes. You know, they, they they'll pass the ball. It's like if they came down and said, we're going to pass the ball 12 times, and then we're going to take a shot. Like, good luck keeping up with it. And he's like, and, and the shot clock winds down. Nobody panics. Like they just still they find the best shot. That's the thing that I'm curious because part of me has always thought that Virginia couldn't take that step forward until they got aggressive. Um, and then Syracuse happened. And I'm starting to think like, oh, well, maybe they need to be who they are, right? You know, don't, don't worry about trying to be uh, too aggressive. Continue to be who you are. You know, value the basketball. Um, continue to defend and, 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 and run your offense. I'm really interested to see this team against Iowa. I'm really interested to see I, the, the game. I'm really interested to see. I think the most is West Virginia, um, just because I want to see like how good is that? It, it, are the guards like are they uh, are they ready to to really be the the go to portion of this roster the way it kind of appears that they are? Um, and I, and I and I think there's some really challenging games, obviously early in ACC play too. So the next uh, the next month is going to be I, I think going to be very interesting. Um, of course, they do take that. That break for exams. Uh, any other thoughts on on hoops before we switch over to um, what I'm sure everybody is excited to talk about? No, yeah, I mean, um, I think we'll know a lot more after this weekend. They'll get some decent competition, and then heading into the uh, you know Ohio State game, and and obviously uh, West Virginia, we'll have a much better idea where this team is. But I mean, nothing but encouraging stuff so far. So let's uh, let's switch it over to old. Uh, um, uh, bas- or excuse me, football. <laughs> Basketball still in the Ah, uh, yes. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm going back in the in the text there to figure out what Dave uh, picked. So, he picked UVA to win. Yeah, he did. That. Yeah, just spoiler alert. Um, so Virginia gets goes down to Georgia Tech, and I don't want to say they laid an egg because they didn't, but it was definitely more of the same even when it wasn't, which is just strange. I think it was probably the best game Taquan Mazel has had as a, a, in terms of his, just being a pure running back. I thought he ran hard and tough, especially between the tackles. He made people miss. He got he picked up extra yardage. He was smart. He, I think he had he had great vision that game. I thought easily his best as a Cavalier, and I thought that they really squandered a golden opportunity on the road to to pick up a victory. Uh, in, in in typical 2016 Virginia fashion, which is the game got tight and they made the mistake in the wrong perfect perfectly wrong spot to make the perfectly wrong mistake. I that doesn't in. It doesn't bring about a lot of confidence in for me when it comes to picking this team to win in Blacksburg. One, because I want I, I really don't know who Tech is right now. Um, they seem wildly inconsistent, and I and I say that knowing that they they just went to Notre Dame and won, but that's obviously not you know that ain't you know that ain't Notre Dame. I mean they might ha- they might say Notre Dame on the you know on the uh, on the ticket, but you know this isn't the, your your standard Irish team. Um, and I wonder if part of the reason that they righted the ship a little bit, even though they had some some really tough moments in that game, 
I wonder if part of the reason that the Hokies righted that ship is because it was Notre Dame. You know, like how seriously are they taking Virginia? Maybe with the ACC championship game uh, opportunity kind of hovering over them, they 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 don't overlook them. But I I guess I got the feeling they overlooked Georgia Tech and it just came back to bite them and and they didn't seem as engaged in that game. I just wonder. I don't know who. I don't know who's going to be who on Saturday. Um, pretty much the only thing I know is that we're going to have to get up at the butt crack of dawn to get Blacksburg in enough time to be there. But like, what do you feel like you know about these two teams going into Saturday? I feel like the only thing I know for sure is that there's going to be huge opportunity. Virginia's going to commit a turnover because they've committed a turnover forty one straight games. But what do you feel like you know about this this team right now? Uh, UVA, I think. I think they are – I don't know. I don't know who said it. I think it was Bronco. He kind of said that they are where they are right now. Um, I think that the team that we've seen over the since the Duke game is pretty much who this team is. Obviously, they haven't won in that stretch, but, um, you know, capable of big plays, capable of getting a lead, good starts. Um, poor uh, – I mean, they have no kicking game whatsoever. Um, they, so that has to be fixed next year. Um so that's a big part of why their red zone efficiency has just tanked because they haven't been able to get the ball in the end zone and they haven't been able to kick the ball. So um, that makes your margin for error really small. And unfortunately, they've just had a penchant for turning the ball over. Um, and I, you can't put that on one player or a coach because it goes back um, to, to the Maryland game in 2013, So, um, which is a crazy streak um, in general. It's insane to me. I mean, they've had – good wins in that stretch and, and still turn the ball over. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I think that – I still think there's some signs of encouragement for next year um, from a scheme standpoint if they can, you know, bring back a few of these guys and, and see another offseason's worth of improvement. I think that there's something to that. But um, still a lot of question marks about, you know, some of the scheme things that we've seen and individual play calling – um, we'll see how that goes next year. Uh, the only thing I really think I know about UVA this for this game is that they're going to turn the ball over. Yeah, the turnover piece is it, it's just look, it's going to happen. Okay, the question is whether or not it breaks their back or not. And uh, typically in games against the Hokies, that's exactly what it does. I mean, I have I have not covered every Virginia Virginia Tech game in my lifetime. I've certainly watched a bunch of them and covered a bunch of them. Man alive, they're. Uh, uh, Ferber and Dave and I have a joke in our text thread where we we call <laughs> we call the Hokies LTE luckiest team ever because it just does seem like the ball just ran he just bounces their way like if there's a guy who can drop a ball and it, and and the way it bounces can bounce to a Tech player who will then score it will happen right now I understand that Tech has had a problem with fumbles this year and I'm not trying to overlook that but I just feel like Tech doesn't whether by 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 divine intervention. Um, or by some, I don't know, oddly um, schemed way to always be in the right place at the right time, they, they're going to have, the, Virginia's going to have a turnover, and Tech's probably going to score off of it, be it immediate points or points that come thereafter. Offensively, I feel like Tech is much better this year. The question I have is consistency on the offensive line. The times that I've watched them this year, you just don't know what you're going to get snap to snap to snap from that group. And I feel like Virginia, one of Virginia's, you know, better, um, you know, tendencies on defense is being able to create pressure. I feel like when they play, when they play a team who who will throw the ball, 
and they can get pressure back there, they do. The problem is going to be Jared Evans is a hell of a runner. And getting pressure on the quarterback is one thing. Getting him on the ground is something different. And I think that's going to be a huge, huge piece of this is that Virginia's going to get in the backfield. Evans is going to try to run. What happens when he does? Um, not to mention that, like, Tech has some pretty good receivers, not just Bucky Hodges, who I don't know if you noticed this or not forever, but in the five to watch, I called him a quote-unquote tight end, um, which I think is the first time I've ever put quotation marks in a uh, – um, yeah, in a in a uh, position like that before, but like he's not. I mean, he he basically. I mean, he's a wide receiver. He's just a big right. dude. Um, right. Between him and and Isaiah Ford, uh, I mean, Tech has some weapons. Um, so my question w- about this game, at least in terms of Virginia winning it, if I think about like what does Virginia have to do to win? Like I would tell you they got to play clean, but let's be realistic, they're not. Um, Tech's going to cause a turnover or two. My better, the bigger question is, can Virginia cause a turnover or two? And get then put themselves in terms of field position in, in a good spot. Um, you know they controlled the ball against Georgia Tech, and they limited Georgia Tech to just eight to eight first downs. Of course, when you're giving up 60, 54, 57 yard TDs, three play Georgia Tech has several these three play minute and a half, 75, 80 yards, whatever. Like it, conventional wisdom says, oh, they got to do this, but you know what? They a lot of it comes down to situation, right? To me, it's about. Matt Johns being more about being more like the first half that we saw last week than he was the second half we saw last week, and maybe some of that's rust. I mean, the kid hasn't really played in a year. Um, Tech's defense seems to be the one that I would not want to play if I was just kind of trying to like round myself into round myself into shape. You know what I mean? Um, my my bigger concern for the Virginia offense is like a lot of what the Cavaliers want to do goes wide. And you just can't do that against this defense. You just they just have too much they're too good laterally for you to try to go these outs. You know, you're gonna have to attack the middle of the field. It's why a running quarterback does so well, right? Is because you can attack the middle of the field better that way. So my question to you is what does Virginia have to do to to win this game? Like, do you see it do you agree with me in terms of they're gonna. And I don't want to say they have to change their identity on offense because that that's ridiculous. But I mean, they're gonna have to be mindful that they can't try to stretch plays wide because that is not gonna work. Not against this team. Not not against this coordinator. Not not with the, these guys who have been in the system. What do you think the Cavaliers have to do to win this game? Uh, I think that they have to turn Tech over a few times and try to get them off the field as quickly as possible, and then establish a running game where they can control time of possession and just try to shorten the game. Um, I think that's the strategy. Georgia Tech, uh, Syracuse, and Tennessee all have mobile quarterbacks. UVA is not going to have one. Um, but those teams did control the clock, I think, a lot pretty well. Um, maybe not Syracuse as much. Um, but Georgia Tech, obviously, with the option that they run, um, controlled the game. And you have to put this team in a hole. Um, if you give them, you know, if you let them get the lead, they're probably going to just coast to a win. Uh, they have been able to come back. Obviously, they came back against Notre Dame last week, but you know Georgia Tech got them down early. Um, Syracuse kind of got them down early and then coasted. Um, Tennessee came back and then just buried them. But I think that game is more of an outlier. Uh, you know, you let them get a lead early, like they did at Pitt, off of some turnovers um, against Miami. Uh, you can put yourself in a in a tough spot. So I think they have to find a way to run the ball, um, which easier said than done. But if uh, if Tech makes them have to try to come from behind to win, I don't see it working out. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar spot. I, I think you have to be you, – one, you're going to have to run the ball. I mean, they're, they're going to have to get every bit of what they got from Taquan Mazel. Um, they're going to have to get something similar. Um, so my, I was on a radio show this week, and I was uh, waiting for the – for the for the show to come back from from break and the producer said something to me like, "Well, does Virginia have a Vic Hall somewhere that they can throw in?" And it's funny because in the moment I laughed and I thought, you know, Bronco is seems like a kind of coach who would just like do a random thing like that. I, I don't I don't think there is a Vic Hall that they could throw in there. Um, somebody on the board. Yeah, I mean, I think if he had the option, he could he would try it. But I don't think there's anybody on the roster that can do it. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna you're gonna throw Devontae Cross out there. Um, unless, I do think you'll see some trick plays and stuff. Yeah, like that. no, I I agree. I, I think one of the things you can do is you, it's the old you know what you used to do to Florida State, right? Use their over pursuit against them. You gotta you gotta throw some something out there for them to chew on, and and that maybe this is the game they go back to Zacchaeus on the on the jet sweep, um, uh, which continues to be the storyline that just baffles me. Is you know maybe he's just a whole lot more banged up than we think he is. Um, but their inability to use uh, Taquan Mizell and, and Zacchaeus together off of each other will 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 be the will be the question mark of 2016 as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of the stuff they do on offense or don't do is predicated on how they feel like they're getting like the production they get from the line. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. it feels like everything is kind of schemed around. Right. I think. I mean, I'll just say it. I think Two J, Coach Two J, and and the offensive staff were put in a tough spot this year. Um, lack of depth, lack of talent yeah. overall. Right. And I think that that's really everything that they do is predicated on minimizing that disadvantage. Yeah, you're right. And because what they, because, you know, they said that they didn't have the personnel to be able to go fast without substituting, right? And that's true, except I don't think that when they said that, they necessarily meant the offensive skill talent. You know, I just don't think that they, they feel comfortable with the line the way it is for them to do what they would like to do. And so they end up, doing a lot more substituting the personnel package matching to the play and, and down a distance versus, Hey, let's keep our guys out here and run what we want to run. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I, I do think you'll see some trick stuff. I do think you, you Virginia's got to do something to keep tech a little bit off balance. Um, I, I'm curious to see, uh, one does Stroman play. And if he does what, if he, and if he doesn't, what does that mean for, uh, the passing defense? Uh, you know, cause I feel like, Tech's gotten a lot of a lot of good pressure from Woody Barron, from Ricky Walker, um, who's kind of filled in for uh, Nigel Williams at defensive tackle. Um, you got to keep, um, you know, those defensive ends in check too. Um, but I, I I wonder if Stroman's out. What what is you know can can Virginia maybe turn that into a positive? Um, and, and I think ultimately, like I said, they're going to have to run the ball, but they're going to have to be balanced. You cannot allow. Bud Foster just stacked the box on you because um, he's going to do that anyway. Uh, you, you're going to have to you're going to have to stretch the field, and that's one of the places where I'm a little worried about Johns being QB one in this game, mainly because you know Ben Kirk may he might have pocket terrors. I mean, the kid struggles when when it comes to awareness, but he's got an arm that can stretch the field. Um, of course, the problem is he's got to throw the thing, um, and sometimes it seems like that's his worst enemy. Um, in the preseason, Dave picked this game. Uh, he picked Tech to win it in the preseason, 31-28. He flip-flopped to 35-31 Virginia. And I think I'll, I think I'll out his reason. He basically said that if this is the year that UVA beats Tech, he doesn't want to be the guy who picked Tech to beat him. Um, 
I, that's an interesting logic uh, there. Ferber, what are, what, what's your feel? In, in the preseason, you had uh, Virginia winning this 27-24 in overtime, which I believe was the only overtime pick of the preseason podcast. How do you feel now going into the season finale? <laughs> Not the same. Um, Not too good, Bob. <laughs> yeah, right. And if I'm wrong to if I'm wrong this time, it'll just be a continuation of how wrong I've been all year. Um, I picked this team to go to a bowl game and win seven games, which seems hilarious now. Um, but yeah, I think Tech will pretty much control this game start to finish. Um, they're a team with a lot to play for still, and um, I think this rivalry still means a lot to them. And, and they're going to be at home where UVA still hasn't played well, except for the Duke game. And um, I think if you the margin for error that this team has maybe actually be zero. I don't know. You know, there might be just no chance for them to win this game. But Tech will have to play, you know, really bad. Um, maybe the worst game they've played this year. And UVA is going to have to play really well and clean. And uh, I just don't have a lot of faith in them to be able to do that rivalry game or not. Um, I do think one prediction besides the scores, I think we will see <laughs> quite a bit of uh, chippiness in this game. Um, you know, Broncos played in some rivalry games before, and I think he's going to um, try to fire the team up for this. And I think that, you know, if UVA loses, they're going to try to at least hold their own in the game. I'm going to say Tech wins uh, 38-14. Man, that's a hell of a spread. Um, I mean, that's almost – that's pretty much what the spread is. Yeah, no, that's what I – that, that, that was the place I was going. I, I, I picked this uh, – Virginia to win it 33-17 in the preseason. Uh, I'm going to amend that greatly. Listen, one short commentary before I get to the pick. I have several times this week heard a player or read a player or coach, whatever, interview, where basically Virginia's people talk about this like it's another game. And I genuinely, and I said this on radio in Richmond the other day, I genuinely think that one of the reasons that Virginia has lost this game so much is because too often they tried to take it as another game, and they shouldn't, because it's not another game. It's just not. Um, the feeling that you have about it, I mean, some of the players like, you know, Taquan Mizell after the Georgia Tech game, I mean, he was pretty much clear, like, they're going to get my everything. Like, I've never beaten them, I want to beat them. You should want to, and you shouldn't be afraid to say it no matter how many times your your rival has beaten you. And I'm not saying you come out there and you guarantee victory. I'm saying you come out there and you say, you know what, this is important for me. Uh, this is the biggest game on our schedule. We need to win this game. Until Virginia's players approach it that way, I just don't know if the streak's going to end. Because let me tell you what, it, in Blacksburg, that's how they approach it. They approach this game as a must win. They, it, they put pressure on themselves in this game because it's important to them. I remember being on the field a couple years ago in Charlottesville, um, it wasn't last year, but it was the one before that. And I just remember thinking, like, I, I remember I walked down, because it's something I rarely do. I walked all the way down to the hill and was walking back on the Virginia sideline. And the tech coaches were out on the field with the kids warming them up. And, like, you would have thought, and I'm not trying to be facetious here I, or, or be hyperbolic. I mean, they were, at, they, they were tuned up like they were going into battle. I mean, I have never seen coaches working players – and talking to them and getting them fired up the way these coaches were. I mean, it was something I've just, I honestly, I've never seen it at any in any sport and any level. And nope, not anything close. They were emotional. They were high energy. I mean, it, it, and everything you can you can describe. And to me, since that moment, I just 
I just don't think Virginia can crack this streak until the players take ownership of just what it means. And I understand that for a lot of these kids, they didn't, maybe they didn't grow up in Virginia loving UVA and hating Virginia Tech the way so many fans do. And I'm not saying they have to approach it the way fans do. But they do need to approach it from the standpoint of, this is the biggest game on your schedule. And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like It's almost like there's this like, like sports cliche-ness of it. Like, oh, you know, we just treat every game as another game. It's another opportunity. No, it's not. It's just not. It's not. It's just not. Ask these coaches when they go on the recruiting trail. Ask the you know at players who have to take crap from play. I mean, like nobody cares if you lost to Duke. Nobody cares. I mean, even to some extent, Carolina at this point, people care about this game and it's a huge deal. And I think until Virginia's players em- embrace it that way, um, I, again, I don't think it changes the way they prepare. I don't think it changes much other than just your mindset on the game itself. I think in order for it to matter. In order for you to have success in something, I think it has to matter to you. And I know that these kids work hard. I'm not trying to say that they don't. I'm just saying that their mindset about this game, it's it's like if you don't it's almost like if you don't meet the energy level of your opponent, you're gonna lose. Tech's gonna bring that in this game. Virginia has to meet it. Now, like I said, short commentary. Um I, in terms of this one, I've been all over the place, honestly. I, I've gone back and forth. I'm a big believer that Eventually, law that like eventually it's going to happen, right? And we could pick it every year, and every year it gets more likely to happen because it hasn't happened in so long, right? Um, I just don't know if this is the year. I, I I don't feel good about where Virginia is right now offensively, and I think in order to beat Tech, you have to be in a better place offensively. Um, they've actually gotten less mobile in some ways at quarterback, though. Admittedly, Kurt Benkirk did not develop into anything remotely close to being a a mobile quarterback. I just, uh, I go back and forth on it mainly because uh, Tech doesn't necessarily have a real running game other than Gerard Evans. And Virginia seems to be hurt by, like you said, be be hurt by teams that are balanced. Um, Are they really going to be able to, to, to gash Virginia with the pass and just Evans on the ground? Um, I think that's, that, that one's a little harder for me to swallow um, mainly because I think you can you can do a lot of things with Micah Kaiser that maybe you can't do with other teams. Um, but my bigger problem is just I just don't know how Virginia wins this game if it can't score points, and I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I have a lot of faith in, in Mizell. I think he'll be able to run the ball. But Bud Foster's going to stack that box, and he's going to dare you to beat him deep. And Virginia, I just don't think they have the guns right now to be able to do that. So I, I'm going to go um, uh, with Virginia Tech to win this uh, 31 to 24. Um, I don't know how that field goal is going to happen, but uh, and maybe it will. I just, like I said, if, if this is another one of those games that if Virginia won it, it would not surprise me, wouldn't shock me, but I can't pick them to do it. I just can't tell you that it's going to happen. And I think that's the, you know, that's probably where you are with this team this season. Uh, one other question before we wrap up uh, the final, I guess, game week podcast of, of the year. What's one thing you want to see from this team in the off season going in, and and I count that as spring ball. Like what do you want to, what's one thing you want to see and what's imperative for this program um going into the preparation for next summer? What what's give me one thing that you you feel like Virginia has to do or 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 something you really need to see from them? I think they need to identify um well, considering what they're losing, um I think they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do in the running game. And that's with blocking and with 
actual running backs. I mean, I think Jordan Ellis has a lot of potential. Um, we'll see if he ends up being, you know, the, the primary guy or if they kind of lean on one of these three freshmen that they're bringing in. Um, I saw Lamont Atkins in person last Friday night, and I was very impressed um, with him. But um, I think that's a big key. And then I think they just need to keep trying to fi- identify playmakers in the offense. Um, you know, we heard a lot about how good Donnie Dowling was going to be this year, and I think he definitely made a lot of steps forward. But um, they're going to need more explosive playmakers on the edge than what they have now and i'm not saying dallin can't be that it's just he just has to be better you need to find more guys like that um i don't know how you do that in the course of an offseason but they're gonna have to identify players like that because um even the you know the teams around the league uh not counting wake forest who has kind of a really bad offense but um even the teams that kind of struggle in certain areas they, they all seem to have one or two guys that they can lean on and you know with smoke gone i think they're going to have to try to find a way to, to figure that out. Um, and then, like I said earlier, I think the kicking game has to has to really uh, – they have to figure something out there. Cause, and that's a pretty easy solution. I think you just turn it over to the freshman that's coming in next right. year. But, but um, I mean, that that just – you can't have that at this level. So. Yeah. I uh, I think it would probably be too on, too on the nose to just say, well, they got to figure out the quarterback position. Which is right. Which they clearly yeah. do. I mean, they clearly, you know, whether it's going to be Ben Kirk, I feel like you're you're going to see an open competition uh, cross um, Abramson. Um, Maybe you bring in another transfer. Yeah, you know, the, I think your you know your options there are pretty pretty unlimited. Um, I agree with you. The offensive line is the thing. I, I think the offense is not going to get better unless the offensive line gets better. Um, you know, even if Knutson is good and, and Rankins Meyer can fill in. You know where are you going? Uh, you know as it is, you're going to have to play one of these young kids um, that are coming in. You're going to have to. Um, now you hope that it's Becton, and you can fill him in at tackle, and you just you're good for three or four years, right? Um, defensively, you're probably going to have to replace Quinn Blanding. May I, I think Michael seems to be leaning toward coming back, but he hasn't said definitively. Um, you're going to be talented defensively, though. You're going to get Malcolm Cook back. You're going to get Tim Harris back. You might need to move Juan Thornhill to safety, uh, depending on how that all shakes out. Um, you know, you do have some talented freshmen coming in. Uh, I think the Crowell kid is probably going to play from day one, just from talking to different people. Um, you know, he might be too good to keep off the field. Um, but to me, it's about if Cook is able to go, maybe you solve the problem at outside linebacker, but you got to get a lot more production off your edges. Andrew Brown was pretty much the only guy who's really producing, making big plays for you. And I feel like you got to get big plays from, from those out from those guys on the outside. Not to, no, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like Eli handback didn't have a good season. I think he, he actually, you can see a lot of promise in him. I'm just saying in terms of making big plays. Um, and I'm like you offensively, you know, they got to find some way to stretch the field with some consistency. You know, you, you'd like to get some kind of develop something down the, you know, something that can work in the middle of the field. I just feel like they don't do much of anything in the middle of the field, which is strange. Um, but yeah, there are it a lot of feels like they're looking for an identity, you know, in some ways. Yeah. It feels like even drive to drive, you know, they're like, all right, what's, who are we going to be on this drive? Well, it's like, you know, you go pace, you don't go pace, you huddle, you don't huddle, yeah. you know, you stretch the field in the passing game, and the I'd next like game you're think, running the ball. I'd like to think next year they'll be able to run their pace, and they'll, they'll have to just live with whatever, you know what I'm saying? I can understand why they weren't able to do it this year, but by next year, right. you got you to gotta have your guys ready for that, if that's who you want to be. Um, so I think that's a, you know, that's definitely a question. So it's obviously lots of, lots of, lot of, uh, lot of answers that will be sought 
uh, both in the spring and cl- obviously uh, next uh, fall camp. Um, I think that's a good place to, to put a pin in it. want to thank everybody out there for giving us a listen. Um, if you are hearing this on Thanksgiving, and again, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't decided yet when you are hearing this. I uh, want to say happy Thanksgiving out there to everybody who supports the show, all of you, your families, everyone. I hope you had a, uh, a great holiday and enjoyed um, hopefully not talking much politics with your family, um, watching some football, eating some good food. Um, I want to thank uh, both Dave and Justin for giving their time so um, <laughs> thanklessly over the uh, the last year uh, to help me with the podcast and, and further helping me out with the site as well. Could not do it with either without either of you guys, so thank you very much for your support. And uh, definitely thank everybody out there for continuing to support the site. Um, I love what I do, and I really appreciate uh, you guys giving me the chance to do it. So with that being said, for Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.